Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. We are live. Welcome to the broadcast. Let me share it on my page because I don't have an intro while you share it on your page. Yes, we are fashionably a few minutes late. That's because we don't have a intro. So we have to share it here and be all awkward and stare at the phone while we are live. But welcome to the broadcast. Tonight's going to be a powerful night. We're not in a rush. We have a lot of stuff to cover. We're not paying for airtime. It's Monday night, okay? You just started your week. Let's start our week off right. Let's believe that God is going to show up in this broadcast. He's going to touch lives. He's going to deliver people. He's going to heal people. And we're going to learn about his word. I have a lot of scripture to give you. We're going to magnify his name, learn about his word. So let's just ask the Holy Spirit to invade our lives right now. Come on, let's just pray. Father, we pray that you would just move in this live stream. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would speak, that I would not speak anything of my own will, but God, let your will be done. Lord, I don't want to take any glory, any credit, or any praise for anything that happens tonight. Father, we give you all the praise. Jesus, we give you all the glory, and God, I ask that you would meet your people where they're at. God, let tonight be supernatural. Let it be powerful. Move by your spirit, God. No matter how many people or what people show up, God, I pray you would move by your Holy Spirit and by your anointing. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. Guys, welcome to the broadcast. We are on episode 162 of the Monday Night Fire, and the fact that there's still people here is amazing. Listen, 162 times we've hit live on a Monday night. And here you guys are. So I appreciate you being here. You can help us out a lot by liking the video, sharing the video. Text your friends and family the link. Don't be scared. Text them the link. We're going to be talking about interesting stuff tonight. A lot of churches don't talk about spiritual gifts or the spiritual realm. So maybe they'll find this interesting. Maybe they'll get saved watching this tonight. Tomorrow night we'll be live at 6 o'clock with Nyla Rose. Or is it Nayla? Nyla? I think it's Nyla. But I'll, I'll make sure I say it right tomorrow. But Nyla Rose will be on tomorrow. She has an incredible testimony. She was involved in witchcraft. She thought that she was a goddess. She did what she calls blood magic. It's, it's a very intense testimony, but it's powerful. When you see people come out of that heavy witchcraft and they get saved, what a testimony she has. So you don't want to miss that tomorrow at 6 o'clock. That's going to be amazing, the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. We do a lot of work to put these shows on. So make sure you guys are here. Make sure you guys are sharing. If you're on Discord, tag everybody on Discord. Make sure they're in the live. Don't be in the rooms on Discord messing around while we're live. I need everyone in the Discord to be in the live. January 28th, I will be at the Wayworld Outreach in San Bernardino. I'll post that info soon, which I say every week, but I'm going to do that soon. I'm sorry. And then on February 24th, I'll be in Antioch, California. That's on a Saturday. And then I'll, of course, be at Lifesong soon. I'll announce that soon. I said soon like nine times in the last two sentences. That should be illegal. But welcome, guys. As you know, we're gonna not going to do any Facebook Live unless something changes. Unless our page gets unrestricted on Facebook, as of right now, we will have no Facebook Live next year as of right now. So if you're on Facebook, I've given you guys a month to come over to YouTube. Facebook continues to censor us, and I'm not going to be censored. I'm going to say what I want to say. I'm not going to be filtered, and we keep getting filtered there, so we won't be there anymore. Please pray about monthly partnering. That helps us out a lot, or giving one time. All of that helps, and we'll have a good time there. Um, not being on Facebook and you guys uh, being here on YouTube. So it's, it's a big leap for me because I started on Facebook. But it is what it is. Okay, let's jump into this teaching. I do have slides for you guys tonight. I know you guys like the slides and it makes it helpful. I hope you're taking notes. Disciples take notes. So make sure that you are taking notes tonight as we go into this teaching. This is a comprehensive teaching, not an exhaustive teaching. That means 
We are not going to be going 30 minutes on every single gift. We have nine gifts to cover. We're going to give you a general sense for them. Basically dip your toe in the water here. And then we're going to ask the Lord for these gifts. We're going to pursue these gifts. And I'm going to talk about how important these spiritual gifts are. Now, if you want exhaustive teaching, I have all of that on my channel. I have a two-hour teaching I did on tongues in response to Alan Parr recently. I have a teaching on discerning of spirits. I have teachings on prophecy. Just search my name if you want to know a specific part of one of these gifts. But this is going to be us going through each one of these gifts. Here's the baseline I want to give you guys tonight, okay? This is the first thing we're going to start with, and this is going to be the main scripture that we go with, and it's going to be 1 Corinthians chapter 12, which is where we'll be if you have your Bible, if you're writing down. This will be 1 Corinthians chapter 12, but here's the first verse. This is what it says, and this is the premise of tonight. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. So Paul is writing a church. His baseline is this. I'm going to talk to you about spiritual gifts tonight. I'm going to write you a letter about spiritual gifts, Corinth. I don't want you to be ignorant of these. I don't want you to believe the lie that these aren't still working. These aren't still active. I don't want you to believe the lie that you don't need these. These are very vital. These are very important. And if we're going to build what God wants us to build, we need spiritual gifts. Every single one of us needs spiritual gifts. So I don't want you to be ignorant. I'm, I'm tired of seeing the church ignorant to the spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit gives. And again, I want to say this. These are gifts of the Holy Spirit. These are not gifts of an angel. These are not gifts of a local church. These are not gifts from a demon. These are gifts of the Holy Spirit, meaning if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you can't have these gifts or these abilities. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you can't function in these gifts or abilities. You need the Holy Spirit. So let me tell you what usually happens. You see someone and they have a word you think is a word of knowledge or you think they're prophetic or you think that they have special giftings, right? Sp spiritual. We're talking all spiritual tonight. Nothing, no, no natural gifting. Okay. So when you hear me say gifting, I'm not talking about like you're really good at sports. We're talking about supernatural gifting. And oftentimes you'll say, oh, and the person's not saved. And you'll say, oh, you must be prophetic. You just don't know it. Or you must, you know, be this. You just don't know it. No. If you're not a Christian filled with the Holy Spirit, you can't be prophetic. You don't have any spiritual gifts other than the gifts the devil will give you. But you don't have Holy Spirit gifts. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, if you're not a believer, if you're not a Christian, you can have demonic gifts and you can have demonic words of knowledge and demonic prophecy and demonic tongues because the devil has demonic gifts, but you can't have Holy Spiritual gifts, Holy Spirit gifts, spiritual gifts of the spirit. Okay. So we have to remove this thinking of, oh, you're gifted. You're just, you're not saved yet. Or I was gifted before I was saved. You're not spiritually gifted unless it's from the kingdom of darkness. But I want to be clear, these are spiritual gifts. These are spiritual gifts that move. Okay, so I don't want you to be ignorant. Right now, what we have is a world that is fascinated with superpowers. Every single movie, every single television show, everything trending, all the Marvel movies, all the, I don't know, DC comic. I don't know what people are watching out here. But all the top-selling movies are about flying, going invisible, shrinking. Everybody's fascinated by this idea that you can have superpowers. And now they're running out of movies. It's like... We have Ant-Man, Sandman, Hair-Man. I mean, I don't even know what man we have now. We have all these mans out here. We need some men in the church is what we need. But we have man everything, superhero everything movie all over because humans have a desire in them to be assisted by some type of power, some type of supernatural power. The interesting thing is the Bible says God gives us supernatural power. Unfortunately, we have a lot of lukewarm churches out here that don't believe in the power of God. But in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it says, you shall receive power 
when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So we have power. You're not weak and defeated. The power of God is with us. The supernatural power of God. Our God is supernatural. Don't believe the demonic lie that the gifts are not for today. Don't, uh, yeah, yes, on record, I'm saying it. It's a demonic lie to teach the gifts of the Holy Spirit aren't for today. It's a demonic lie to teach these sign gifts, healings, miracles, whatever they say, the cessationist doctrine of devils, that these are not working anymore. How are you going to tell God that his word is wrong and that these things passed away or they ceased to exist or, you know, they're not working anymore? It's a lie. Don't believe the lie. They can get mad all they want. They can cry about it all they want. The Holy Spirit is still moving. The gifts of the Spirit are still functioning. It's gifts of miracles, gifts of healings, gifts of faith, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues. None of that has ceased. There is nowhere in the Bible that that has ceased. And now look at some of them are in the chat manifesting right now. Isaiah is a false prophet. Grow up. And the mods will get them like one second. So again, cry in the chat all you want. Follow dead leaders all you want that will tell you these gifts aren't for today. But what they don't have is the Bible. What they don't have is scripture to back up their claims. They have a lot of claims and a lot of, well, historically, and they can say all of that, but we go by the word of God. We don't go by men's opinions. We don't go by men's traditions. We don't go by religious doctrine. We go by the scripture. What does the scripture say? The scripture says, you shall receive power. The scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20, the kingdom of God is not about talk, but about power and demonstration. The church needs the power of God. The world believes in supernatural power. So why doesn't the church? It's not just the devil that has power. It's not just witchcraft that has power. Tomorrow night, you're going to hear stories that are going to blow your mind about a girl that was involved in demonic powers and doing demonic things and reading people's minds and doing all this other stuff and clairvoyance and doing blood rituals and all that demonic stuff. I'm here to tell you the power of God is more real and the witchcraft power is a perversion of God's power. So I need the power of God in my life. Type it in the chat. I need the power of God. I, I don't know how you survive without it. I don't know how people go without the power of God. The devil's perverted God's power, but God is the author of supernatural abilities, supernatural power. Religion is what you're left with when you remove the supernatural from Christianity. When you lose the supernatural element of Christianity, all you're left with is dead religion. So we have these incredible gifts. The Bible shows us, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you in scripture tonight. But the problem is we don't use them. Just like when you get a gift card for Christmas, what usually happens to some restaurant you don't really like, you put it in a drawer somewhere. And then years go by and you find a stack of gift cards you didn't use. Am I the only one? Chat, where are you at? A stack of gift cards you didn't use. And you're like, wow, I had a gift. I had, I was able to go out and use this, but I put it in a drawer somewhere. So what is the point of having gifts if we don't use them? And oftentimes, we do the same thing with that gift card. I was, I was thinking one day, because at Costco, shout out to Costco, they had gift cards, and it was like, buy two $50 gift cards for $70. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. You get $100 worth of gift cards for $70. And so I started Googling stuff, because I'm a nerd. Why are they able to sell discounted gift cards? And they said on there, on the website I was reading, one out of every three gift cards purchased don't get used. So we have the gift. We per it was purchased already. Christ has purchased these gifts and they don't get used. And that's why companies can sell a $50 gift card for $30 because they're banking on a lot of people are not going to use the gifts, the gift cards. And a lot of people don't use gifts they get. 
Like, you ever got someone something, they're like, oh, thanks. I'm never going to wear this. I'm never going to use this. I think one time for Christmas from somebody I won't name, they gave me children's slippers in a women's slippers box. And I was like, these are a women's slippers box, and these are children's slippers. Thanks. I won't ever wear these. And I put it away, and I never wore them. So we sometimes treat the Holy Spirit's gifts that way. We put them away, and we don't use them. These are amazing gifts that have been purchased. We have the power of God. We have the supernatural abilities. The world is longing for a supernatural display of God's kingdom on the earth. Christians, stop waiting around for this thing to fall in your lap. Look at what 1 Corinthians 14 says. Let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. So when we see let love be your highest goal, no one says we shouldn't have love, but then Paul says, desire spiritual gifts earnestly pursue spiritual gifts they're not gonna fall on your lap some of you I'm, I'm not trying to be rude you're just lazy you're like one day i'm gonna have the gift of prophecy no that is not what the bible teaches earnestly desire spiritual gifts the same way you desire to watch your football game every week the same way you desire to watch your youtube video the same way you desire to have a good job the same way you went to school for eight years because you desired having a good career desire spiritual gifts Come on, share this video. How do we only have a thousand of you on here? Share, share, share. Desire the ability to prophesy, especially that you may prophesy. So these are very important, desiring spiritual gifts. Now, my, you might say, how do I desire them? How do I pursue them? Same way if you want a job, same way if you want, you know, a relationship with a girl, you call them, seek after them, get an interview, learn about them, study the topic. You spend time studying and learning and asking I want that job. You keep calling that employer. Hey, did you look at my resume? Okay, so how do we desire spiritual gifts? We ask God for them. We learn about them. I heard someone say in a video, you, you're not supposed to pray for these things. What are you even talking about? Is anybody in the chat tonight? We're not supposed to pray for spiritual gifts when the Bible literally tells us to desire, earnestly desire spiritual gifts. So if I'm, am I'm supposed to desire them and pursue them what am I supposed to do if I'm not praying for them? Don't spend five minutes pursuing the gifts and then say, well, I guess God doesn't want me to have them. Come on, guys. We need these spiritual gifts. We need to be careful, though. We don't have the gifts without the fruit. We need the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, which is in Galatians 5.22, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Yes, we're going to pray for spiritual gifts tonight. Come on, somebody. So gifts are given for free. Fruit is cultivated. We have to be people that don't just have the gifts, but we have the fruit. A lot of guys, let me just say it this way, not trying to throw shade at anybody, but I am. They have gifts, but no character. They have gifts, but no integrity. They have gifts, but they don't live holy. So we want to make sure that we're not just walking in supernatural gifts, but we also have the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We also have character and integrity. We know to talk to our wife. We know to treat our kids properly. We know how to treat, hello, a waiter. I've lost track of how many preachers I looked up to that are so spiritually gifted and they go to restaurants and treat the waiter bad. And I'm like, oh, how do you have all these giftings, but you don't have the character? The gifts are not toys. They are tools. They're not for show. They're for the profit of the church. Okay. And, and here's the most, one of the most important things I want to show you. And then we're going to start putting up the gifts and talking about them. I know it's like we're 15 minutes in already and haven't even started on each gift. So just bear with me, okay? I want to give this to you properly, but this is very, very important because this has been taught wrong for years. I was taught this wrong. Many of you were taught this wrong. 
So I want you to really see this in context. Actually, let's do this because I, I really want you to see this in context. Let us, oh, I didn't think about this. How could I do this? All right, we're gonna go back here and we're gonna pull this up. Is this gonna work? Okay, this is gonna work. Let me lock this. I had the wrong thing on my display. Okay, I wanna show you this. This is very, very important, okay? First Corinthians, we're gonna go through First Corinthians, but I want you to look at chapter, uh, chapter 12, verse seven. This is very important, we've been taught wrong. Do not think about spiritual gifts as you only get one and you have it forever and that's it. You can only have one gift. That is not the way spiritual gifts work. These are manifestations of the Holy Spirit. That's why the Bible says the same spirit has all the gifts and that spirit is in you, okay? So if the same spirit has all the gifts and that spirit is in you, he can manifest and distribute them as he wills. Now, we don't all have all nine gifts all the time and just function in all of those. This is very important. Look at what verse seven. Actually, you know what? Let's just go from verse one of chapter 12 and we'll just start diving into this, okay? Now concerning spiritual gifts. Remember, these are tools. These are not toys. They're tools to get the job done. I don't want you to be ignorant. You know that you are Gentiles. You're carried away by these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit, okay? Very important. Look at the wording here. This is where you're gonna, I'm going to show you were taught wrong. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. So there's a lot, there's a lot of different gifts, and I'm going to show you nine tonight, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord, meaning just because your ministry doesn't look like mine doesn't mean you're false. A lot of these heresy hunter discernment ministries, when really they have more like demonic ministries they have than discernment ministries, but that's here nor there, they will get mad that everyone's ministry doesn't look like theirs. Oh, Isaiah's ministry, he casts out demons, he must be false, he believes in this. There's difference of ministries, differences. So not everybody's ministries are the same. This is very important. There are diversities of activities. So we don't have to all look the same, act the same, do things the same. I can teach differently or function in these gifts differently than you. Doesn't mean you're wrong. Doesn't mean I'm wrong. But look at the important part. It is the same God who works all in all. So just because there's different gifts, different ministries, different activities, it's the same one who works all in all. This is where I want to show you you've been taught wrong. Okay, remember you got taught you get a spiritual gift and you just have that gift forever and it is what it is. This is where you've been taught wrong. Look what verse seven says, but the manifestation of the spirit is given to each for the profit of all. The what? The manifestation of the spirit. So what are these quote unquote spiritual gifts? They're manifestations of the spirit and they're given to each person for the profit of all. It doesn't mean you can't function in all of them. It just means it's it's uh, different manifestations happen at different times. So these are manifestations. So watch watch this now. I'm going to prove to you it's not just I have one gift and I have it all the time. This is going to set you free. Look at this. And if I'm looking on the other direction, it's because I have the chat on the opposite side of my screen because my Bible's on the right side of the screen. Just so you know. Like, what are you looking at this whole time? Look at this. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. So it's showing how different people are, are getting different different manifestations. What are they getting? Manifestations of the Spirit. So these are not, the Bible is not even calling these gifts right here. It's calling them manifestations of the Spirit. So the manifestation of the Word of Wisdom. I'm going to call them gifts for, for clarity tonight. Okay? Word of Knowledge. It doesn't say the gift of the Word of Knowledge. It says the Word of Knowledge. It's a manifestation of the Spirit giving a Word of Knowledge. To another, faith by the same Spirit. Then look what it says here. To another, gifts of healing. So now we have the word gift here. The same Spirit. 
to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation. So these are all the gifts I'm going to go over tonight. All these gifts here. But one in the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So who's in control? We desire them, we pursue them, and the spirit distributes them to each one individually as he wills. They're manifestations though. They're not one time. I always thought my whole life like, oh, if I have the gift of prophecy, that's it. I have it forever. And somebody else has a different gift. I don't have that gift. That's a cop out. Don't say, oh, I just don't have that gift. Because if you need the gift and you have the Holy Ghost, look at this. The Holy Spirit can manifest that gift. The manifestation of the Spirit. Is this helping anybody? Let me know in the chat. Have you been taught wrong like I was taught wrong? That manifestation of the gift. And then it talks about we're many, one body, but many members. Again, don't just because your hand, don't get mad that you're, you know, someone's a foot, vice versa. So these heresy hunters, this person's false, this person, everyone's false to them. They're just mad that everyone's not a hand like them. Don't get mad at other people for being different parts of the body. That's what it's going to go on to say. But it's very, very important that you get that. Is if you don't get that, the rest of tonight is going to make absolutely no sense. So these are not, remember, one-time things. These are manifestations. So for example, if you need a word of prophecy, the manifestation of prophecy could, could be in your life. It can manifest in your life and you can prophesy. If you need a word of wisdom, you might get that manifestation of wisdom and give it to somebody. If you need a word of knowledge, that might manifest the word of knowledge and you might give someone a word of knowledge. Or maybe you need discerning of spirits. That gift might manifestation, manifest, and that means from what's hidden now it's being brought to the light, that discerning of spirits might activate or manifest or come to light. Maybe you need an interpretation of tongues. Then you might be able to interpret tongues there. So these are not, again, why well, I could interpret tongues all the time. That's my gift. That's not the way it works. These are manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Okay, discerning of spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues. These are manifestations. Now, I want to be clear on these gifts. Preaching the gospel is not a gift. It's a command. Okay, so preaching the gospel, like I'm not gifted enough that you don't need to be gift, a spiritual gift to preach the gospel. It's not, it's not a gift. It's a command. Some things are not gifts. Some things are. Making disciples is not a gift. It's a command. Casting out demons is not a gift. It's a command. So these are tools in the tool shed, but you're like, where's deliverance? It's not a spiritual gift. It's the command for all believers. We shall cast out, cast out demons. Where's the, where's the gift of making disciples? You're really good at making disciples. It's not a gift. It's a command. Go and make disciples of all nations. Go heal the sick. Go cast out demons. Go make disciples. Go preach the gospel. Those are commands for every believer. These are spiritual gifts. These are spiritual gifts. And they're for service. 1 Corinthians 12, 7, they're given for the profit of all. So they're not used to puff us up, build a platform, build your status. I'm very leery of three, four hour um, services where it's one guy being followed by a camera doing all these gifts and stuff. It's, it's for the profit of all. It's not just a one man show. It's not to build our ego. It's for the profit of all. Look at what Romans chapter 12, verse six says, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. So the, the gifts differ. And I'm talking about the nine spiritual gifts. There's more than nine gifts in the Bible. There's many other spiritual gifts as well. I'm just going over the nine spiritual gifts that the Bible talks about. Romans 12 talks about serving, teaching, giving, leadership, mercy, exhortation. There's more giftings than what I'm showing. I'm just showing the nine in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So these are for service. They're not, again, to, to pump us up or to, to build our ego or to have people go, oh, look, wow, he told me my phone number, which that is a gift of knowledge. But it's to build people up. It's to bring fruit in the body of Christ. First Timothy 4.14 
says, do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given you by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the eldership. Do not neglect the gift that is in you. That is what Paul says. So you have a gift in you. Why are you neglecting it? Why are you acting like it doesn't matter? These are very important that we don't neglect these. And this is what I want to show you guys for some of you that are like, you think you're a loser or you think you don't have gifts or you think you're irrelevant. I'm going to prove you you're wrong. 1 Corinthians 7, 7, which we just, we, um, I just talked about 1 Corinthians 12, which says something similar, but 1 Corinthians 7, 7, each one has his own gift from God, one in this matter and another in that. So we all have different gifts. We all have different abilities, but if you have the Holy Spirit, you have a gift. In fact, you have the greatest gift. His name is the Holy Spirit and he's a person living in you. So don't believe the lie that you're just not good enough to function in these gifts. You're just not relevant enough. Your ministry is not big enough. You're not cool enough. That's a lie. You, you can do this. You can do this. 1 Peter 4.10 4, As each one has a received a gift, minister to one another as good stewards of the grace of God. So you have a gift, use it to minister to one another. So these are the nine supernatural abilities, supernatural gifts. Some translations say abilities. Some say gifts. I, I like to call them nine manifestations of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to show you these. Now, how could we expect... God to move and us to have these if we don't even know about them or we don't know what the Bible has to say about them. So I'm going to put them in three categories to make it easy for all of you good students and you note takers. Okay, Professor Isaiah, classes in session. Professor Isaiah here, you should be taking notes on your phone, on a notepad. Take notes somewhere. All right, don't rely on just Ryan to post the notes in the comments. Take your own notes. And thank you, Ryan, for always doing that. You're awesome. Three different categories I'm going to break these down into. I'm going to give you the three categories and all the gifts right now, but don't worry because I'm going to pop all of them on screen as we go. So you don't have to stress out about it. I'll have them on screen the entire time and then I'll go over them quickly, what they mean, how they function, and then we're going to pray for the gifts. Category A, supernatural insight. That's category A. This, this consists of word of wisdom, number one, word of knowledge, number two, and discerning of spirits. This is supernatural insight. That's category A. Category B, and don't, don't stress out about writing these now. I'm going to put them on screen. Category B is communication gifts. That is kinds of tongues, number one, interpretation of tongues, number three, and I'm sorry, number two, and prophecy is number three. So that's category B. That's the communication gifts. They speak of communication, speaking in tongues, interpreting tongues, and giving prophecies. Number three is what I like to call power gifts, and that is three gifts in category C is faith is number one, healings is number two, and miracles is number three. So let's start now. We've taken way too much time. I wanted to do a 10-minute intro. We're almost 30 minutes in. I hope this works. Category A, which is supernatural insight. The first gift in category A is words of wisdom. The word of wisdom gift is God supernaturally showing you his mind and his purpose and his will in a situation for you to apply to that situation. So when you think of word of wisdom versus the word of knowledge, and I'm trying to be very simple tonight because I don't want to overcomplicate these gifts because they're not complicated. I don't want you to think of them as they're opposing each other. I want you to think of them as complementing each other. Word of wisdom and word of knowledge work hand in hand. Knowledge is information. Wisdom is how you apply the information. The Bible says if we ask for wisdom, God will give us. God is not going to be, uh, you know, stingy about giving us wisdom. If you ask for wisdom, he'll give it to you. Wisdom is the application of knowledge. If you're in the chat and you know have all this knowledge, you've watched every YouTube video, you're on every podcast, you're on every stream, yet you don't actually do what you're hearing taught, you don't have wisdom, you have knowledge. So we don't just want knowledge, we want wisdom. Wisdom is the application of knowledge. Wisdom helps you apply God's word 
God's mind and God's will in a situation. I'm confused. Don't be confused. I'm, I'm trying to make it very, very simple. So let me give you an example. I do a call-in show. Actually, I'm doing one Friday at noon. Shout out to that. Forgot to announce. Friday at noon, I'll be live taking your calls. When I'm going to do the call-in show, I'm asking the Lord to give me the gift of the word of wisdom. Holy Spirit, this is what I pray before I start the stream. Holy Spirit, will you manifest the word of wisdom? And this is what I mean by it. When somebody asks me a question, I don't, I don't know a lot, okay? I, I'm, not, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not Mr. Nodal. There's a lot I'm learning, a lot I don't know, guys that are way more prolific and profound than me. But when people are asking me questions on my call-in show, I'm asking the Lord to give me wisdom for them. Lord, how do I apply your word to this situation? Have you ever had someone ask you something and you gave them a way better answer than you would ever come up with and you're like, whoa, that was really good? That was probably the word of wisdom manifesting. So the word of wisdom helps you apply the word of God, helps you apply knowledge, helps you give people direction. Proverbs 15.2 says, the tongue of the wise uses knowledge rightly, but the mouth of fools pours out foolishness. So the tongue of the wise uses knowledge rightly, but the mouth of fools pours out foolishness. This is a perfect description of knowledge and wisdom. A wise person uses knowledge wisely. A wise person takes the knowledge. So if I hear Isaiah saying, you need to stop doing this or you need to start doing this or God wants you to pray, okay? And I, I, I learn about prayer a million times, every video, every stream. And then I look at my life and I don't pray. I'm a foolish person because I'm not applying the knowledge. I know about prayer. I understand prayer, but I don't pray. So this is why it's very important that we don't just have knowledge about something, but we have wisdom that we know how to apply. Okay, I don't just want to learn about prayer. How do I apply having a prayer life to my everyday life? Let me apply this wisdom. Let me walk in the Holy Spirit and let me live this thing out. So we need to make sure that we have wisdom. A word of wisdom is oftentimes supernatural. God can give you a strategy for a business, for a person, for a ministry. Ask for wisdom and God will give you wisdom. Supernatural wisdom. This is useful every single day. Look at what James chapter one, verse five says. If you lack wisdom, ask God who gives liberally and without reproach and it'll be given to him. This is one of the only things in the Bible that says we can ask God and he'll give us freely and won't hold back at all. So ask God for wisdom every single day. This is God's wisdom. Acts chapter six, we see a good example of a word of wisdom. Basically in Acts six, the Jewish Christians were accusing the Hebrew Christians of neglecting the widows during feedings. And the 12 disciples got together and they said this, we don't have time to be out feeding the widows, the Hebrews or the, Greek, or the Jewish widows. So here's what we're going to do because we're supposed to be praying and reading the word. That is the job, our job as leaders, as teachers, as pastors, as preachers. I don't, he's, the disciples are like, we don't have time to be feeding people every day. So we're going to find seven reputable, reputable men full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom and appoint them over this. How did they get the idea to do this? to find men, to put them as overseers, word of wisdom, God's wisdom, okay? And they were able to appoint those people and they gave themselves, the Bible says, to ministry and the word. That's the word of wisdom. The word of wisdom can solve problems and disputes in our everyday lives. And it can be as practical as a strategy for your marriage, for your life, for your wife, for your kids, for your business, God's wisdom. And you ask, Lord, give me, give me wisdom. If somebody asks you a hard question, if you're dealing with a hard situation right now, if you're in the middle of, I don't know if I should do this or do this, maybe you're at a crossroads in your destiny and your calling. Maybe you're transitioning from one ministry to another, or maybe you're asking God, do you want me to transition this ministry? Ask God for a word of wisdom. Ask godly leaders, hey, if you have a word of wisdom for me, I would like to know. 
there's 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 uh, safety in a multitude of godly counsel. So these are supernatural strategies. The last thing I'm going to say about it, supernatural strategies that often solve natural problems. That's the word of wisdom. Okay. Gift number two of category A. Remember, this is supernatural insight category A. Gift number two is the word of knowledge. This is one of my favorite gifts. The word of knowledge is supernatural revelation in, or information about a specific thing. Supernatural revelation or information about a specific thing. This is something that you would not know about outside of supernatural information. This could be something like someone's name, someone's address, someone's um, whatever it is, okay? I was preaching one time in Arizona. I've shared this story. It's on my Instagram as well. And the Lord had, in the middle of my sermon, gave me a word of knowledge. There was a young man who lived on Cherry Lane in the city I was in in Arizona. And in the middle of my sermon, told me, stop preaching and call that out. And I said, hey, there's a young man here. You live on Cherry Lane and the Lord wants to touch your, your life tonight. He was in the very back row. His friend put his hand up. Very, very back row. We went up to him and started praying with him. He was crying and his friend was crying. And I said, why? I asked his friend, why are you crying? He said, because he's an atheist. And he literally walked in here and said, God, if you're real, prove yourself to me and speak to me clearly. Here I am in a building that seats, you know, what, 2,000 people. And the very, literally the last row, I have this on picture, roll, scroll, real low on my Instagram. And God stopped my service to tell me there's a guy on Cherry Lane, which by the way, Cherry Lane, I think had four houses in it in a city that I didn't even know anything about and it was an atheist in the back row god literally told me his address told me what where he lived to prove himself to that young man and that young man was forever changed he'll never be able to say god's not real because literally a building of two thousand people a preacher in the middle of a sermon said someone in here lives on cherry lane god wants to touch your life and he had a powerful encounter so that is the word of wisdom i would never know that there's a young how would i know there's a young man in there living on cherry lane again it's a word of knowledge. You might get a word of knowledge that somebody has pain in their body. The Lord might say, there's shoulder pain, there's neck pain, there's back pain, there's elbow pain. And you might walk up and say, hey, is there a pain in your right elbow whenever you bend it a certain way? How did you know that? And then opens up a chance for you to pray with them. And oftentimes God wants to heal somebody if he gives you a word of knowledge. So a word of knowledge is to build up and to edify. And it's supernatural information you would not otherwise know. And how do I walk in these gifts? How do I activate? Well, you need to ask for them. You need to pursue them. God, will you give me a word of knowledge for someone? God, will you give me a word of knowledge about someone in this room or somebody in my family? You need to use the gift of faith, believe God for this, and walk in those giftings, walk in that supernatural power. I think I might have told this story before. We were holding free healing signs one day in front of McDonald's years ago, and this guy came out making fun of me. Oh, you have a free healing sign? What a loser. Literally, he's making fun of me, right? Big old tough guy. As he's making fun of me, the Lord gave me a word of knowledge that he had pain in his shoulder from a motorcycle accident. And as he's making fun of me, I'm in front of McDonald's with a free healing sign. I mean, what else do I got here? I said, hey, does your shoulder hurt from a motorcycle accident? He literally looked like he saw a ghost. His eyes got huge, started getting water inside. He's like, how did you know that? And starts telling me, went from making fun of me to telling me about a motorcycle accident. He had multiple surgeries in his elbow. He could barely move his elbow. We laid hands on him, prayed for him, and God completely restored that elbow to where he can lift his elbow, move it around. I'm sorry, his shoulder, not elbow. I'm saying the wrong body part. His shoulder. He can move his shoulder, lift his shoulder, move it all around because he got in a bad motorcycle accident and had reconstructive surgery on his shoulder. And God completely healed him. And I could go on story after story after story. That's the word of knowledge. He was making fun of me. Then he let me pray for him and was crying and was like, thank you so much. <laughs> you know, 
Praise God. Who healed me? It was God that healed you. It gives you a chance to share the gospel with him. And we, we did share the gospel with him that day in front of McDonald's. My point is God will give you a word of knowledge. If it's a word of knowledge about sickness, it's probably because he wants to bring healing. We're not talking about words of obvious. We're talking about words of knowledge. These are not words of common sense. If you get up in a church of a thousand and say, God wants to heal someone with back pain. Okay, we all got back pain up in here. That's not a word of knowledge. That's a word of obvious. A word of knowledge is usually specific and it's for a specific person. So it might be like one day I was in a service and I was at the altar ministering to people. I was, well, I had a mic in my hand, but I was at the altar with a mic in my hand praying for people. And I was giving out words of knowledge, ministering to the crowd with a mic in my hand. And the Lord showed me an image of a guy at a construction site falling off of a ladder and hurting his back and hurting the top of his shoulder right here. And so um, now I'm like, am I saying the right body parts? Because I said elbow right here earlier. But I all of a sudden was like, hey, is somebody in here fell off a construction ladder? You're at a construction site. You have back pain, this and this. One guy in the room. Okay, this is not a word of obvious. There's not 20 people that fell off a ladder at a construction site. And the guy came up, said, I fell off of a ladder a few months ago, blah, blah, blah. Tells me the whole story. We pray for him and God heals his back and heals where he felt pain in his shoulder. Again, my point is it's for the purpose of the kingdom. It's not to puff up. It's not so we can gloat and say, look how smart we are. It's for the purpose of the kingdom, the word of knowledge. This is like in John 4, 15, when Jesus said to the woman at the well, you've had five husbands. How did Jesus know she had five husbands? The same way we can know, a word of knowledge that the Holy Spirit gives us. Words of knowledge. That would have been a word of knowledge. Jesus was able to say, this is what you had five husbands. You had this. You say you had this. We had this. He had knowledge about something that he would not have naturally otherwise known about. Acts chapter 5, Peter had a word of knowledge concerning Ananias and Sapphira. He had a word of knowledge. They were lying. How do you know they're lying? Because Peter gets a word of knowledge that they're lying. And I've been in meetings where the Holy Spirit will say, hey, is someone in here struggling with this? It's a word of knowledge. God wants to deliver you. God wants to heal you. Word of knowledge is amazing in deliverance. Oftentimes when we're casting out demons, the, the Holy Spirit will tell us the demons that they're there. We don't have to even deal with asking them, talking to them. The Holy Spirit will say there's a spirit of rage and that's the spirit you need to cast out. That's a word of knowledge. I don't know you have a spirit of rage. The Holy Spirit gave me a word of knowledge. So when, when you're ministering or praying for someone or friends and family and you get information about them, you probably would never know. Don't just be quiet about it. Pray about, first of all, pray about whether you should tell them because not every word of knowledge, you should just tell the person. You need to be sensitive about this. But pray and ask the Lord what he wants to do and then pray for them. If you keep getting words of knowledge and you're not putting them out there or you're not using them, don't expect God to keep giving you that and giving you those words of knowledge. Words of knowledge is amazing, works in deliverance, works in preaching, works in street preaching, discipling somebody. Maybe God shows you an area that they need discipleship in, an area that they're struggling in. Hey, bro, I know you look like everything's going fine. And again, do this in private. But the Lord gave me a word of knowledge that you're struggling with pornography and nobody knows. Is that true? Can I pray for you? Oh man, you'd never believe I've been struggling. Nobody knows. Will you please pray for me? Whatever it is, use discretion. And that is the word of knowledge. It's supernatural insight to bring glory to God for God's purposes. Remember Hebrews 4.13 says, all things are naked and open to the eyes of him who we must give account. So God knows everything. All things are open. All things are naked to him in his eyes. We must give account. He knows everything. So it's no problem when you're doing deliverance for the Holy Spirit to tell you what is there, what they need prayer for, what's going on. Again, when that still small voice gives you a word of knowledge, the information pops in your head. And oftentimes for me, it's just the information pops in my head about someone I'm ministering to. Don't feel afraid to, don't be afraid to step out in that. Hey, and this is what I do. I feel like the Lord is saying this 
about you. Is, is that right? Is that correct? Do you, I want to make sure that's the Lord. Oh yeah, that was, or, oh, I'm not sure that's kind of confusing. Hey, I feel like the Lord is showing me this about you. I want to pray for you. I feel like you've been discouraged. You've had this cloud over you. The Lord sees you. The Lord's watching. Let me pray for you. Use discretion. Don't sit there and go, thus says God. Hey, I feel like the Lord is saying this. These things, sometimes you're working them out. Like, okay, was that a word of knowledge? Was that just me thinking that? So you need to work these out. That's the word of knowledge. It's supernatural in nature. It's not a natural word. It's a word of knowledge, not a word of obvious. Okay, last one in category A. This is category A, supernatural insight. Gift number three of category A is discerning of spirits. These are all found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. All nine of these I'm going over tonight. And I'll go over all the other gifts on another video. Discerning of spirits. And I'm trying to be very simple. I have an hour and a half video on this. So I'm trying not to give you like an hour teaching on each gift. Let me just go quick here. This is the ability to detect the spirit behind acts and manifestations taking place. So you can recognize and distinguish between what spirit is at work. Whether that be a demonic spirit working through somebody, the Holy Spirit working in a service or through somebody, an angelic spirit moving or working or speaking or whatever, or the human spirit. We need to be able to tell. Discerning of spirits is the ability to tell what's going on in the spiritual realm. How do I know if the sickness is a demon or just a physical ailment? Discerning of spirits. I'll be able to discern what it is. Now, a lot of guys are like, we have discernment ministries. They don't have any spiritual discernment at all. So we're talking about spiritual discernment. Again, if you see somebody walk in with, you know, a low, low cut shirt and a high, a hiked up skirt or whatever, very inappropriately dressed in a church, it doesn't take discernment to say, oh, that girl's functioning in Jezebel. You know, that's not discernment. That's obvious. Discernment is spiritual. It's discerning of spirits. And this is where people get visions or they see in the spirit or the Bible talks about spiritual, our spiritual senses. These are all discerning of spirits, discerning what's going on in the spiritual realm. Just like my hand can feel and discern the natural. My eyes can see and discern the natural. My ears can hear and discern the natural, what's going on around me. Discernment is discerning what's going on in the spiritual realm. And I have a whole video on seeing in the unseen realm. The premise is we have spiritual eyesight. Okay, we can see things spiritually at times if God wills. And this is through discernment. Look at what 1 Corinthians 2.13 says. That is what we speak, not in words by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. So this is, an, an, again, spiritual, spiritual things. This is by faith. God will show you what things are functioning. Let me give you an example of how, how would you discern if the Holy Spirit's moving? Acts chapter 2, the Bible says, the Holy Spirit appeared as tongues as a fire. Now, the Holy Spirit is not tongues as a fire, but that's how he manifested and the disciples discerned it was the Holy Spirit. When they said, these guys are drunk, what did Peter say? They're not drunk. This is not, dr they're not drinking at 10 in the morning. This is the Holy Spirit. They discerned this was the Holy Spirit working. And this is what pastors need to do. We need to discern when the Holy Spirit's moving, when it's time to shut our mouth, put the mic down, and pray for people at the altar. When it's time for the Holy Spirit to move, if the Holy Spirit says, hey, I want to heal people now, okay, we're going to get out of the way and let the Holy Spirit manifest in healing or manifest in deliverance or whatever he wants to do. We want to make sure that we are sensitive to the Holy Spirit. So these are, the discerning of spirits is not just for demons or, or knowing like, oh, an angel did something or whatever. It's also discerning what is God doing in my life? 
What is God doing in my church? What is God doing in my marriage? I'm discerning how the Holy Spirit is moving. So discerning of spirits. And again, you can also use this for deliverance. Acts 5.3, what happened? Peter discerned Ananias and Sapphira were lying. He had a word of knowledge and he discerned. You've lied to the Holy Spirit. Satan has filled your heart. He discerned that. Satan had filled their heart. In Acts chapter 16, for example, Paul discerned a girl that was speaking saying, these are men of the most high. She was right, but she was motivated by a demonic spirit. And Paul recognized there's a spirit and said, come out of her. In, um, in Jesus' name, come out of her. So Paul was able in Acts 16 to discern. No one was discerning. This girl was speaking truth, but she was motivated by a demonic spirit. Paul discerned it was a demon and cast that demon out. So in the Bible, we do see discernment used in deliverance. And you can also use discernment when you're doing deliverance. I've had people fake deliverance. They come, they, they want attention. And they're like, yeah, I need to get delivered. I was doing a deliverance and a few minutes in, I discerned through the Holy Spirit, the guy was faking it. And I said, bro, let's be honest. You're faking this. What? And he's crying. Yeah, you know, I am. I just want attention. Okay, bro, don't fake this. I don't have time to waste. You don't have time to waste. Don't come for deliverance and fake it. We got to discern who's really wanting freedom, who's really ready, who's really not. Because some people are out here faking it. They're acting like they need deliverance or they're acting like they want deliverance and they just want attention. You don't need deliverance. You need to go meet with someone with coffee and have get some attention. People do do that. We had one girl, my team took her through like an hour plus of deliverance. And then at the end, she's like, I was faking the whole time. And my team was frustrated, you know, because we give people the benefit of, of the doubt. We want to pray with people and we want to give them the benefit of the doubt. We don't want to tell someone you're faking it. But she did say, yeah, I was faking that. My team was discouraged and frustrated. And I said, hey, you did the best you could to try to help her. She was faking it. It's not your fault. It's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is to pray for her. And that's what you did. But don't do that. Don't fake it. Discerning of spirits helps you discern. If you're going to make a deal with someone, you want to make sure you're discerning and they're being led by the right spirit. They're being led by the right spirit. Acts 8, Peter discerned the motives of Simon the sorcerer. Acts chapter 8, he, he realized that. Again, this is not the gift of suspicion. It's a gift of discernment. Saying everyone and everything is false but you is not discernment. It's pathetic. Let me say that again. Saying every other ministry but you is false and wrong you're the only one that has it right. Everyone else is a heretic, like a lot of these guys on YouTube say. They have videos where 50 different people are heretics. Like, oh, everyone's a heretic but you? That's not discernment. That's pathetic. That's not a discernment ministry. Which, by the way, there's no such thing as a discernment ministry in the Bible, and that's a whole other topic for another day. We don't use discernment to gossip, slander, manipulate, but it's to bring healing to people. Okay, we got to go way quicker than, than this, guys. I just did a two and a half hour teaching on tongues, so I won't go super long on these. Number, excuse me, my nose is itching. Category B is communication. And I'll, I'll put chapters after this um, on the video. Remind me. Put, when the video's over, comment down below, add chapters. And I'll add chapters if I don't forget tonight, okay? Category B is communication. And the first one is kinds of tongues. I know you got taught it was the gift of tongues. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches it's kinds of tongues because there's different kinds of tongues. There's praying in tongues. There's speaking in tongues. They're singing in tongues. There's different kinds of tongues. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 10 says, to another is given different kinds of tongues. There is not just one type of tongue. There's different kinds. So again, we can't just go speaking in tongues is the same as praying in tongues because the Bible talks about praying in the spirit, which I did a two and a half hour video on this, so I won't go deep into this. And the Bible talks about speaking in tongues with an interpretation. Look at what 1 Corinthians 14, chapter 14, verse two says. He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. 
So there's a tongue where you can interpret and there's another kind of tongue where you can pray in tongues, which is what we call it. And that tongues is directly to God. No one understands you. And if you want to learn about that, go to my live tab where I respond to Ellen Parr in tongues of why I think every believer can pray in tongues. So there's prayer tongue, there's speaking in tongues, there's different types of tongues. And in 1 Corinthians 12, there's a tongue of building up others, not yourself. So the 1 Corinthians 14, building up myself. 1 Corinthians 12, building up others, different kinds of tongues. 1 Corinthians 12, 28, Paul says there's different ministries for public gatherings. Apostles, prophets, miracles, gifts of healing, administration, and a variety of tongues for public gatherings. This is not private tongue, this is public. So I'm just showing you there's differences all through scripture. You don't need to be confused. You just need to know these are different kinds of tongues. And if you want this tonight, you can pray and God will give this to you. This is his spirit and he'll distribute this. I believe you can pray in tongues, okay? Some people get confused by this. You don't need to be confused. And this is why they say it's only for some people. 1 Corinthians 12, 29 says, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers in miracles? Do all have gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? The answer is no. But Paul is not talking about our personal life. Paul is talking about public gatherings. So in public gatherings or, or ministries, are we all apostles and prophets and teachers and miracles? Do we do all of those things? No. No, we don't all do all of them in public gatherings. Paul says, one prays in a tongue, another interprets a tongue. Let me show you this. 1 Corinthians 14, 28. 1 Corinthians 14, 28. I'm trying to go slow for some of you, okay? I'm trying. It's hard not to talk fast. If anyone speaks in a tongue, two or three mo at most, in a, in a church service, should speak one at a time. So two or three people should speak in tongues in a church service, one at a time, and someone must interpret. If you're on the stage speaking a message in tongues, you're not edifying anybody. If you, let me say it again. If you're on the stage, which is what they were doing, speaking a 45-minute message in tongues, you're not edifying anybody. Paul is not saying, if you're in a prayer meeting at church, don't speak in tongues. Paul is saying, don't get up on stage and preach a 45-minute sermon in tongues because no one's being edified. If you speak in tongues in a public church setting from the stage, because he's talking to ministers here, speak one at a time and interpret so everybody in the church understands. What benefit does it help when I get on stage and go, robo samba shombo robo for 45 minutes? You're like, what are you saying, Isaiah? Now that's beneficial if I'm praying in tongues at a prayer meeting, it's not beneficial if I'm trying to give a message in tongues. If I do that, Paul says you should have someone interpret. So that's what Paul's talking about. Don't take that and say we shouldn't pray in tongues in church. That's not what Paul's saying. He's saying don't do it from the stage because he says the speaker should be quiet if there's no interpreter. The speaker, not just the speaker, but the one speaking in tongues. And he's not talking about the church person. He's talking about the person that's leading the meeting. Preaching in tongues is a no-no without an interpreter. We'd all agree on that. No one disagrees on that. I don't know any charismatics that will get on stage for 40 minutes and preach in tongues. I don't know anyone that does that. If you do that, you should have an interpreter. That's the point. Here's why. 1 Corinthians 14, 23. If unbelievers or people that don't understand come in your church meeting, this is 1 Corinthians 14, 23, and they hear everyone speaking in an unknown language, they'll think you're crazy. That's what Paul says. So that's why from the stage, we want an interpreter. Now, I don't think it's wrong to be in a prayer meeting and be on stage praying in tongues at a prayer meeting. I have no problem with that. But if you're on a church service where you're speaking a message, you need to have an interpreter. That's the bottom line. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, 18, I thank God I speak in tongues more than all of you. Yet in church, I rather speak five words with understanding that, I'm, that, that I may teach others also than 10,000 words in tongues. So he speaks in tongues more than all of us, but in church, he rather speak in English. So he's speaking in tongues where in private, he's praying in tongues. 
That's what the te- that's what the text is is alluding to. He speaks in tongues more than everybody, but in church he rather speak in English or in an understanding, not English, but if you speak English, you understand English, okay? There's a lot of verses on tongues. Um, I have a massive list. I'm not going to give you for the sake of time. Go watch my other video on tongues, and you can go to those. Vid- you can go to that, okay? And that leads me to the, the next gift, which is in the communication category B. And I'm trying to keep this simple, guys. Is interpretation of tongues. This is the ability to interpret what someone's saying in tongues, not to translate it. Translate it as word for word to interpret. That is to give the general message of it. So you don't need to say, thus says the Lord. That would be you trying to translate the tongues. We just interpret it. That's the bottom line, okay? We just interpret it. It's like if you have an interpreter and you say something. I've had, I've spoken um, Hispanic churches and they only speak Spanish. And I have an interpreter. And I'll say something long and they'll say something short. And I'm like, why did you say something short if I said something long? It's because the idea of an interpreter is to give the general message, not to give a word-for-word translation. So we're not translating tongues, we're interpreting tongues. Is that helping anybody in the chat? Let me know. Give me some feedback. So if God gives you, if you speak in tongues and then pray for an interpretation, it might not be a word for word, it's just the general message of what God is saying. Okay, that's the way that works. Now, how do we interpret a tongue? How do you interpret a tongue? Very simple. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 12 through 13. Some of your pastors won't tell you any of this, so... This might be new to you. This might be news, but it's in the Bible. 1 Corinthians 14, 12 through 13. This is what it says. Even so you, since you're zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. Therefore, look at what it says here. So this idea of like, well, you know, we need to make sure someone has the gift of interpreting. Look what it says. Therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. So this is what Paul is saying. You can pray for the interpretation of your tongue. If you're in the church and you have a message in tongues, the Lord says, I'm giving you a message in tongues. And you get up there and you speak in tongues. What do you need to do after? If you're, do- if you're doing it to the church, what do you need after? You need to pray that God would give you the interpretation for that tongue. So you sit there, Lord, I pray you'd give me the interpretation. And then you let that bubble up inside. It might feel like butterflies in your stomach. I've, I've interpreted tongues once or twice. It's not something I do regularly. I I should pray for this more now that I'm thinking about it. It's like, why am I not doing this regularly? I don't know. I need to pray about this. I don't pray about it enough. That's the bottom line. I'm lazy. Literally. I don't pray. I don't ask the Lord for interpretation. I need to. But I felt at times where it feels like butterflies or something pressuring or nudging you or bubbling up in you. And then all of a sudden you give the interpretation. Now your interpretation might be you seeing a picture, seeing words, but you're giving the message of God wanting to restore and bring life and bring hope. I was in one church and my interpretation, I spoke in tongues and then my interpretation was something like, you know, there's dry ground and God wants to bring rain and bring life and bring joy and bring peace. It was a, it was a word of encouragement to the church, but I spoke in tongues and then I interpreted the tongues and it was something along those lines. It was years ago. But my point is, it's your job to pray for it. Write that down. 1 Corinthians 14, 12 through 13. God wants to give this to you. Don't just sit around going, if it happens, it happens. Some of you are 60, 70. And you think if it happens, it happens. No, you've gone years not praying for this stuff. Now's the time to pray for this stuff. Come on, share this, like this video. Let's get this video out there. We want to edify the church. Okay, number three, this is often overlooked. And again, I'm trying to make these simple. I hope I am. Is communication, is category B still, is prophecy. I'm going to give you the most basic definition of prophecy. I have a two-hour video on prophecy. Again, search my channel. Search my name on YouTube. You'll find the video. It's a a two-hour live stream. 
Prophecy is this, very basic, the most basic definition. Are you ready? To speak words from God. I try to get the most least amount of words definition of prophecy as possible because I have, I, you can go into these paragraph long definitions. This is the most simple I could get. I can't get any smaller than this. The definition of prophecy, to speak words from God. That is prophecy. God wants you to speak on his behalf. God wants to speak through you. There are people around you disconnected from God. God will use prophecy to get a message to them that otherwise would never hear from God. God will use you. And what an incredible privilege it is for God to speak through us. I'm going to show you this in scripture. You're going to be like, what? What an incredible privilege that God would use our hands to heal the sick. That God would give us authority to cast out demons. That God gives us the responsibility to share the good news and declare, you can be forgiven. You can be forgiven. It's essential that we walk in this. Look at what 1 Thessalonians 5, chapter 5, verse 20 says. Do not despise prophecy. Let me say that again for all the pastors that are lurking in the back tonight. I love you, pastor, but here's my word for you. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. So don't despise it when like, oh, we don't give prophecies. We don't do prophecy here. Don't despise prophecy, but test everything and hold fast. Excuse me. Hold fast to what is good. So we need to make sure that we're speaking with humility, speaking with love, speaking words for God. This is the ministry we've all been given. I'm going to show you in scripture right now that God wants to speak through every single one of you definitively. Are you ready? One of my favorite, actually, yeah, I was going to say my favorite, but I'll just say one of my favorite for making sure that I'm, you know, being 100% truthful. One of my favorite scriptures in all the Bible, I quote this more than probably any other verse this last year, 2 Corinthians 5.18 through verse 20. Look at what it says. I'm going to show you every one of you God wants to speak through you. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself. Actually, 2 Corinthians 5.18. Let me just pull it up on screen because we're here. Uh, if my Bible app isn't frozen. Let's see. Are you going to freeze? 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I got, I got to show you this. This is going to change your life right here. Um, let's start here. Oh, I forgot I have the wrong screen on. Give me a second, guys, to be a nerd. Okay, I want you to look at this. Very important you see this. This is life-changing. First Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. If anyone's in Christ, he's a new creature. Okay, let's start in 18. Are you ready? God wants to speak through all of you. Now, all things are of God, who has reconciled to us, to himself, has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. What ministry does every one of us have tonight? Type it in the chat. The ministry of reconciliation. You have a ministry. You have a ministry. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Look at verse 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. So that's why I always say we're supposed to heal the sick, cast out demons, preach the gospel, baptize, disciple. Why? Because we're ambassadors of Christ. We represent him on the earth. That's what an ambassador is, is representative. Look at what it says here. As though God were pleading through us. You could even change the word pleading to speaking through us. Look at this. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So, so God is pleading through us. God is speaking. Some translations say God's speaking through us, calling people to himself through us. Be reconciled to God. 
This is, this is the message God speaks through us. He calls people back to himself as we are workers for God. So God wants to speak through you as, God's, as Christ's ambassador. Why would God not want to speak through you? Why do people teach God is not speaking anymore and God doesn't want to speak through you? That is complete rubbish. God wants to speak through you. And that's what prophecy is. It's to edify. And let me show you that all of us can do this. Let me just give you a couple more and I'm going to move on. The last few are very quick. 1 Corinthians 14, 31. Write that down. 1 Corinthians 14, 31. For you can all prophesy one by one. Let me say that one more time. For you can all prophesy one by one that you may all learn and be encouraged. So it's clearly all believers can speak on behalf of God. And if we don't prophesy, it's not because it's not God's will. It's just because we don't have the faith to believe that God can speak through us. Again, don't despise it. It's a sign of the spirit being poured out. Joel 2, 28. It brings dry things to life. Ezekiel 13. You can prophesy to those dry bones. And it's not always spontaneous. Some of you think, well, if God gives me a prophetic word, I'll give it. Let me show you. And this is going to make a lot of religious people mad tonight, but it's okay. What else is new? 1 Corinthians 14, 32. Write this down. Prophecy is not always spontaneous. Let me just wait till it bubbles up. Look at this. This is what it says. I quote, remember that people who prophesy are in control of their spirit and can take turns. Let me say that again. 1 Corinthians 14, 32. Remember, people who prophesy are in control of their spirit and can take turns. So you can take turns prophesying. Hey, I want to line people up and prophesy over them and God will give me a word for them. It's not spontaneous always. It is sometimes. But if Paul says you can take turns because you're in control of your spirit, that means it's not always spontaneous if you're able to take turns. If it was spontaneous, we couldn't take turns. I would just be prophesying and then you got to wait till I'm done, bro. But Paul says, no, you prophesy, he prophesy, she prophesy, we take turns prophesying. Why? Because those who prophesy are in control of their spirit. That's good teaching, y'all. That's a good word. Wow, I didn't know that. Praise the Lord. Okay, so we, we prophesy. Prophecy also opens people up to the gospel. That's 1 Corinthians 14, 24. If you speak what's in their heart, they will fall to their knees and say, God is truly among you. So word of knowledge and word of prophecy go hand in hand. I have a lot I want to say about prophecy. Let me give you this last thing and I, I'll move on. I'll move on. I have, I have so much stuff I want to say. Here we go. Very simple. How do I receive prophetic words, Isaiah? Very simple. This is what you're going to start doing. Holy Spirit, is there anything you want me to say to this person? This could be at a church service. This could be at a sporting event. This could be at the mall, a family gathering. I want you to start saying this. Holy Spirit, is there anything you want to say to these people around me? And watch God give you a word. I, I, I dare you the next time you're on the phone with one of your cousins you haven't talked to, before you get on the phone, say, Holy Spirit, if there's anything you wanted me to tell them, let me know. And the Holy Spirit will give you a word. How amazing is that? How do the words often come? This is going to help you as well. Oftentimes, the, when I prophesy, and I prophesy pretty much every service when I'm doing altar call and praying for people, I'm prophesying pretty much every time I do altar calls and I'm ministering. Here's what I often get. When I get a prophetic word as I'm praying for someone, it's often one sentence at a time. Don't wait for this long prophetic word before you start prophesying. God will give you one sentence, one word, one idea. And as you start giving the word that God's given you, hey, I feel like the Lord is saying this. God will give you more. You got to step out in obedience. If you don't use your gifts, you're going to lose your gifts. If you don't need them, God's not going to manifest them. So get in a situation where the Holy Spirit needs to be involved. Don't expect the Holy Spirit to move if you're not inviting him. Again, if you're on the phone with someone, Holy Spirit, give me a word. Give me a word for them. 
whether it's a believer or an unbeliever, God wants to invade your life. So it might start with just one word of encouragement because prophecy is encouraging, exhortation, and building up. It might be one word to somebody you give them. Sounds like knowledge. No, a word of knowledge is a certain amount of information. So a word of knowledge would be like a phone number or a name or something they might be going through. A word of prophecy is an encouragement. It's a building up. It's an exhorting or sometimes it's a rebuking. But it's a word that you give to them from God. Hey, God wants me to tell you that you're not forgotten, that he hears your prayers. That would be a word of prophecy. And the person might have just thought, man, I feel like God's not hearing me. God doesn't care about me. I'm discouraged. A word of knowledge and a word of prophecy can go hand in hand. But prophecy is you speaking words from God. Okay. And I, again, I have a two-hour teaching on prophecy. I know I keep saying that. I have say that for everything. I have a teaching on that. But I just don't have time in this video to do that. All right. Category C, this is very quick because we're an hour and five minutes already and I was trying to keep this an hour, but it is what it is. Category C, gift number one is the gift of faith. Now, I don't want you to confuse the gift of faith or the manifestation of faith with having faith because we all need to have faith. The a gift of faith or the manifestation of faith comes instantly, it's supernatural, and it's a gift directly from the Holy Spirit. Remember what Mark eleven twenty three says, if anyone says this mountain, throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt, but believes what they say will happen, it'll be done for them. So this is faith, a supernatural level of faith. Matthew 21, 22, whatever you ask in prayer, you'll receive if you have faith. Hebrews 11, 1, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith is tangible, it's evidence. My actions, my words Prove that I have the faith I say I have. That's why James says, don't say you have faith if you don't have actions. So that's why Jesus used to say, seeing your faith, seeing their faith. You can see my faith. Yes, Jesus can see our faith based on words and actions. Seeing their faith, they were made well. He was able to see based on their words and actions that they had faith. A supernatural gift, excuse me, of faith. Think of it as an overload of faith. There is something so impossible, so illogical, so irrational that you're believing God for and all of a sudden that gift of faith stirs up and you're able to believe what no one else can believe. If you're in a room and somebody's on their deathbed and everyone in the room is like, believes they're gonna die, there's no one in the room that believes that person could be healed because they have every tube, every cord you could think of attached to their body and you're in that room and no one in the room believes God can heal them. They're all believers, but they don't believe it's just, they're too far. They're, they're dying, they're dead. And all of a sudden you're sitting there and then this something wells up in you and you go, oh no, I believe. Something in me believes that your story isn't over, that God can raise you out of this hospital bed and you lay hands on, pray for them and they get healed, which I've seen this happen right then and there. That's a gift of faith. It's a supernatural, supernatural faith. It's, a, it's an extra dose of faith, if I could say it that way. Like an overwhelming amount. Have you ever felt that boldness rise in you? Like, oh man, I have this crazy faith that is, makes no sense. That is the gift of faith. That's the gift of faith. So think of it as an over and above ability. It's to do the, for God to do the impossible, for God to break strongholds. Literally, this will change the world around you when you ask God, give me that faith. Give me that gift of faith, that manifestation. And the spirit will manifest this when it's needed in what, in what situation it's needed. That's the gift of faith. Very simple. Okay, power gifts. I'm labeling these as the power gifts. Number two is the gifts of healings. Now, there's a difference between healings and miracles. Healing speaks of relieving the body of disease or injury, injury and can, it can be gradual. Oftentimes, a healing is a gradual thing. A miracle is an instant thing. But healings always refers to the body. Miracles, again, often refer to instantaneous. 
but they don't always relate to the body. So when Jesus turned water into wine, that was a miracle. When Jesus instantly healed people, it was also a miracle. Deliverance, the Bible says, is also a miracle. When a demon's cast out, it's a miracle, the Bible says. A healing is when God restores the, the physical body. So the people, people with leprosy, the 10 that walked away, Jesus commands them to be healed. They go, they go, and as they go, they're healed. As they go, Jesus says, go to the temple and show yourself. And as they go, they're healed. They're not instantly healed. They're healed progressively. And some, sometimes God will heal you over time. And this would be a healing. It doesn't happen always instantly. It could, but healings relate to the human body. And sometimes God will manifest that gift of healings where you just get that faith going. All of a sudden, miracles start happening. Healings start happening in a service. And somebody is functioning in the gift of healings. And I've seen this over and over again. If I see somebody praying for people in a service and people are starting to get healed, hey, this guy just got healed over here. Hey, this girl just got healed over here. Who's the one praying? Let's get that person and have them pray for people because there's a gift of healings happening in that person right there. There's a manifestation of healings. So again, it relates to the physical body. And of course, we see Jesus constantly going around healing those that were sick. And again, let me say it for the 90th time tonight. I have an entire video on how to pray for the sick and how healings work. That's the gift of healings. Last gift of the nine, we're an hour and 10 minutes in and we're going to pray for the gifts and we're going to pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and see what God does. Last is category C, the power gifts. And this is number three, miracles. The working of miracles is the better word for it. And this is usually instant results and is not limited to physical healings. The word miracles in the Greek is dunamis and it means power. So you can translate it, the working of power, the working of powers. This is the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit to do the impossible. And in Mark 9, the Bible actually says deliverance is a miracle. They say, hey, should we stop these guys from casting out demons? They're not a part of our group. Jesus says, don't stop them. No one that does miracles in my name speaks bad about me. So casting out demons is a miracle. Absolutely. Acts chapter 19 says God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul that even the handkerchiefs and apron that were brought from his body healed the sick and diseases left and spirits were cast out or went out. So God was doing miracles through Paul and unusual miracles at that where literally handkerchiefs were being laid on the sick and the demonized and they were being healed and demons were casting out. So miracles relate to supernatural instantaneous power, not always uh, healings in the body. So John chapter two, Jesus turned water into wine. That's a miracle. John chapter six, Jesus fed the 5,000. That's a miracle. John chapter nine, there was a creative miracle, a man that was born blind from birth. That's a miracle. Uh, Acts chapter three, a lame man couldn't walk from birth. That's a miracle. Acts chapter 20, a, a, a young boy was raised from the dead. That's a miracle. And sometimes miracles are after an act of faith. Like Jesus put clay in a blind man's eye. This is an act of faith. Rise up and walk. How are you going to tell a guy to rise up and walk that can't walk? It's an act of faith. Rise up and walk. And the man got up and started walking. It was an act of faith. Moses, throw your branch in the water and the water becomes sweet. It's an act of faith. Throw your staff down and your staff will turn into a snake. It's an act of faith. And usually acts of faith don't make sense, but just do them if God tells you to. Okay. So in 1 Corinthians 12, 28, Paul categorizes gifts and says there are miracles and then gifts of healing and elevates the gifts of miracles above the gifts of healing. So he does elevate that the gift of miracle is better than the gift of healings, but these are all equally powerful in and of themselves. This is the gift of miracles. And let me say this for those unbelieving people, Christians in the chat, God is still working miracles. Don't believe who, 
Who do you think is the one that says miracles aren't for today? Who do you think is the one that says miracles, God's not working through people? Do you think God is saying that? Or do you think the devil says that? The devil says, oh, God's power isn't working anymore today. These gifts Isaiah's talking about aren't for today. These ceased with the apostles, which is impossible because they're not the gifts of the apostles. They're the gifts of the Holy Spirit. How did they end with the apostles if they didn't start with the apostles? They're the gifts of the Spirit. So the question is, and I'm not trying to be snarky, but I am. If these are the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is still here, then where do the gifts go? They're obviously still here. So, guys, I, I have to laugh at cessationism. This idea that these, these sign gifts, which are made up, because the Bible doesn't talk about sign gifts. This is a term they use to justify their unbelief. These sign gifts aren't around anymore. Show me scripture. If, that, if you claim that, bro, that's a bold claim. Show me in the scripture where that is. They don't have it. They, they don't have it. Why don't you debate the cessationists? What are we going to debate about? I have all of these scriptures and Bible texts. You have nothing. But, well, and I'm, ugh, I shouldn't say this, but I'm not going to say it. I'm not, the Holy Spirit just convicted me. I'm not going to say it. I was going to call out someone's name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm not going to say their name. But so-and-so said it's not for today. I don't care what so-and-so said. I want to know what does Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John say? I don't care about your favorite YouTuber that doesn't believe in miracles. What does Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John say? What does the book of Acts say? What does God say? What does the Holy Spirit say? Miracles are for today. Why? Because the book of Hebrews says, our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. People that don't believe miracles are for today, they don't want to believe miracles are for today. They don't, yeah, I just slapped up my flesh right there. I'm not going to say their name. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to stoop down. They don't want to believe miracles are for today. The problem is not God and is not the Bible. Am I preaching? Let me know. It's not God or the Bible. It's they don't believe what the scripture teaches. And the funny part is, the irony is, they say charismatics don't believe the Bible and don't teach the Bible soundly. Uh, we believe more of the Bible than you. I'm just saying, you don't believe a lot of the Bible in the new, a lot of the New Testament. You leave out the God is still moving in these ways, yet we believe that and we believe less of, you believe less of the Bible. Let's just be honest. A cessationist is not going to teach a sermon on how Jesus cast out demons. So you're leaving out all of that part of the Bible where Jesus cast out demons. Okay, and still happens today, whether we believe it or not. So we, we got we to gotta not believe this lie. It is a lie. It is an assault on the body of Christ. It's an assault on the gospel. It's an anti-gospel message. It's an anti-what Christ did in the gospel's message. It's not godly. It's not godly. It's, it's not at all. It's unclean and it's demonic. To say God isn't doing something that he clearly says in his word he is, is not the right way to go about it. So we need to break out of this. In Jesus' name. So let me recap these. I'm going to put them on screen. Get your notebooks out, and then we're going to pray. Category A, supernatural insight. Number one, word of wisdom. Number two, of supernatural insight, word of knowledge. Number three, of category A, discerning of spirits. Okay? And I'll put all the chapters down below after. Category B, communication, kinds of tongues is number one. Category B, communication. Number two is interpretation of tongues. Number three, of communication is prophecy. Those are communication gifts. And I've, I've made these categories, okay? You're not going to find the word communication gift in the Bible. I'm just putting them in categories to make it easier for you guys. Category C is the power gifts. That's the gift of faith is number one. The gift of healings is number two. And the gift of miracles is number three. And now, I think it's only fitting that we actually pray. 
So let's pray. Father, I ask you tonight, Lord, that you would, right now, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would release your gifts. God, we desire these gifts. We pursue these gifts. We earnestly want these gifts. God, we are asking you tonight for the gifts of the Holy Spirit to manifest in this broadcast. We are asking you tonight, Lord, that you would move by the power of your Holy Spirit. God, we long for this. Your word says to desire it, so God, we desire it. We are asking you, Lord, to move right now in power. Gifts of miracles, gifts of healing, I pray right now, God. Gifts of faith, I pray right now, would be released in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would do only what you can do. These are not my gifts, Lord. These are not the devil's gifts. These are the gifts of the Spirit. So, Lord, do what only you can do tonight. Move in a way that only you can move in tonight, in Jesus' name. God, we're, we're desperate for you. We're hungry for you, God. We need your spirit. We need revival, Lord. Father, break us out of unbelief and doubt. Break us out of unbelief and doubt. And God, let us walk in your Holy Spirit tonight, in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord, those that are not baptized in the Holy Spirit would be baptized. I pray those that don't have the boldness to step out in these gifts, God, give them the boldness to step out in these gifts. I pray the word of knowledge this week would manifest in your life. Again, remember, these are manifestations of the Holy Spirit. That's what the text says. I pray words of wisdom, words of knowledge, gifts of faith, gifts of healing. God, we want to see this. You said to desire it. God, we desire it. I want you to pray that. Say, Lord, I desire spiritual gifts. Lord, I, why would I desire these? Because these are his character in the earth. This is his nature being displayed and manifest in the earth. That's why I want to see them because I'm in love with him. I'm in love with him. So I want to see his works in the earth. Lord, have your way. I want to see people healed, God. I want to see miracles. I want to get words of wisdom and knowledge so I can bring people to you. I want to speak for you, God. Lord, I give you my mouth. Speak through me. I want to speak for you, God, according to your word. I want to speak to you, God, according to your word. Tell the Lord that. God, I want to, I want to be your spokesperson. I want to be your ambassador, Lord. Help me, God. Give me the words. Give me a prophetic word this week. Ask him that. I'm asking. I'm asking, guys. I'm not just praying for you. I'm praying with you. I, I need this too. You think I'm up here high and mighty? No. No, I'm not high and mighty. I need the spiritual gifts. I'm not this, oh, is this so anointed? It has all the gifts. No. Dude, I'm desperate. I want, I want to prophesy. I want to speak for you, God, this week. Lord, give me a prophetic word this week. Lord, give, you a, give me a word of knowledge this week. Guys, don't think I'm just praying for you. I'm praying with you. I am asking God for it too. I have not arrived. I'm far from it. I'm learning just like you guys. Lord, speak through me this week. Give me a word of knowledge. God, I pray you'd give me the gift of faith. I pray, God, you'd help me to discern. You know, a lot of people always trying to connect with me. I'm like, Lord, I want to discern. Is this right? Are some of these people right? Are they wrong? In the past, I've connected with people I shouldn't have connected with that I'm no longer connected to and I should have discerned. You know, and I ignored red flags. I need that discerning of spirits, God, so I could discern what spirits working behind certain people. Lord, help me with discerning of spirits for your ministry. Lord, help me with a gift of prophecy that I steward this right. God, help me. Give me words of wisdom, Lord, when I'm counseling people and talking with people and advising people. Give me those words of wisdom, Father, I pray in Jesus' name, God. Lord, those that are not baptized in the Holy Spirit, I pray you'd baptize them in the Holy Spirit. Some of you are like, well, how do I get baptized in the Holy Spirit? Ask. Jesus said, ask. Ask for the Holy Spirit. And he's a good father. He'll give you if you ask. Ask him to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Lord, fill me again. Just pray that right now. Lord, fill me again, I pray. Fill me, God. I'm empty. I need you to fill me, God. I've poured out. 
Now, don't be keep asking God to fill you if you never pour out. God, I ask you to fill me again. I need to be filled tonight, y'all. Seriously, I need to be filled tonight. Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Baptize me afresh. I want your Holy Spirit in my life, God. Lord, forgive me if I've grieved the Holy Spirit. Forgive me, Lord, if I've sinned. If there's sin in my life, God, point it out. I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. God, if I've grieved you, if I've quenched you, forgive me, Lord. As a leader, Lord, if I've quenched you, forgive me. I want your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I want you in my life. I want you every day. Come on. You got to get out of bed and say, good morning, Holy Spirit, and walk in the Spirit. Talk to the Spirit. He's a person. He's a person. Thank you, Lord. I need you to move in my life, God. I'm nothing without you, Lord. Come on, pray a vulnerable prayer tonight. I'm nothing without you, God. I can't preach without you. I can't live without you. I can't be a good husband, a good father without you, Lord. Move in my life tonight in Jesus' name. God, I need you to move in my life. I'm so weak without you, Lord. I'm so broken without you. I need you to move in my life right now, God. Rivers of living water, I need to flow in my life. God, I can't go on without you. I can't survive without you, Lord. Holy Spirit, fill me. Come on, rivers of living water. Those of you that have never prayed in tongues, let that rivers of living water flow out of you. Build your spirit up. Build, up. build up your spirit. Work out that inner man. Pray in the spirit. It's building up. The Bible says you build yourself up. Build yourself up in the spirit. Lord, touch every person in this broadcast. I pray, God, you'd heal bodies. I pray you'd bring deliverance, God. I pray you'd bring deliverance, Lord, right now over people in this broadcast. God, do what only you can do. Deliver those in the chat that need deliverance. Every unclean spirit must go in Jesus' name. Every unclean spirit. Those that don't need deliverance, maybe you need discipline. Some of you don't have a demon problem. You have a discipline problem. You need to start praying. You need to start reading. You need to start fasting. Get in the word of God. Devour the scripture. Lord, deliver us from evil. Heal those in, in that are sick in the chat right now, God, I pray. I just command all sickness to go in Jesus' name. We command bodies be healed right now in Jesus' name. We command bodies to be healed right now in Jesus' name. All sickness, all disease must go right now in Jesus' name. Sickness, you have no power. You have no authority. We just pray right now, be healed in Jesus' mighty name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Let the Holy Spirit fill you. Let the Holy Spirit heal you. All sickness has to go. All cancer and all disease has to go. Come out of their body now. Sickness, you must go. We command our body to be in alignment with God's word. Sickness can't stay. Ligaments, tendons, nerves, bones, be healed in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. Wash us tonight, God, in your blood. Cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Maybe you need to give your life to, to the Lord. Maybe you need to give your life to God. A real man came and died, was put in a tomb, and rose from the dead three days later. The tomb is empty, friend. A real man died for you and rose from the dead. There's only one person that rose from the dead. No other God rose from the dead but our God. Raised himself from the dead on the third day and is alive evermore, seated at the right hand of the Father, and offers you eternal life tonight. Turn from your sin tonight. What must I do? Repent of your sin. Turn from it. Turn away from that life. Put your faith in Jesus. Put your faith in Jesus tonight. Nothing else will satisfy you. Nothing else will fill your void. Everything else will leave you empty. This is all about Jesus. This is all about Jesus. 
None of the none of this matters. You get healed. You get delivered. You none of it matters if you if you don't serve Jesus and you're not saved. Put your faith in Him. Thank you for your grace, Lord. His blood has power to forgive you, to redeem you, to justify you, to wash you, to make you righteous before God, to give you access to the Father. It is by the blood of Jesus. So we exalt Jesus. We exalt his name. It's the name. The Father gave him the name that is above every name. Above every name. Above every angel, power, and principality. And now the Bible says we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. You are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Lord, smash all of our idols. God wants to crush your idols tonight. Come on. God wants to crush your idols tonight. Lord, I pray every idol in my life, smash it, crush it, crush it. Every idol, crush it in Jesus' name. Point out anything in my life, Lord, that offends you. Wash me in your precious blood. Touch your people tonight, God. These are your people. I'm so grateful, Lord, to be able to speak to your people. Jesus, I'm so grateful you saved me. When I was an atheist, when I was cussing you out, Lord, you saved me and you're using me. I'm so grateful, God. I give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise. Thank you, Lord, for letting me speak to these beautiful people. Thank you, Lord, for letting me minister to these amazing warriors for you, God. We give you all the honor, Jesus. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. This is all about Jesus. This is not about a name on a YouTube channel or a man behind a camera. This is about the man that is seated at the, seated at the right hand of the Father who's making intercession for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I hope you are blessed, guys. I'm going to hang out for a while. I'm going to give you a chance to give. That's my old giving. Basically, we only survive, to, to be blunt with you guys, by your guys' giving, okay? We can't survive without you guys partnering and giving. As you guys know, we're demonetized everywhere but YouTube. We got demonetized on Facebook, which means we make no money. We got demonetized on Instagram, which means we make no money. We got demonetized on TikTok, which means we make no money. The only place that we get any finances from is YouTube. So help us out by partnering monthly, giving one time, um, I cannot believe I don't have a cash app yet. What is seriously wrong with me? But you can give everywhere else but cash app. I'll have a cash app soon. You can give on Zelle, PayPal, Venmo. The mods can put it in the chat. If you were blessed, so that's it. I'm not a beggar. I'm a believer. I'm not going to give you a long teaching on giving, which I, I need to do at some point because I never talk about giving. Thank you, Jonathan Robles. I appreciate you, brother. But if you are blessed and you have the finances, if you can't afford it, don't give. Please, if you can't afford it, enjoy. Somebody else will will bless the ministry. And God's the one that provides, so we just trust in him. You know, giving is like this. Finances when you're a preacher are like this. They're up and down, up and down, I get it. So, it is what it is. If you could afford to and you love the content, give. If not, don't stress out about it. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content and please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.